Welcome everyone. It's so nice to be here with you. It's wonderful to see your faces in the little Zoom rooms. Um, I also just want to call in the presence of Janata Petrus, who's uh, one of the facilitators on our team. And she is traveling right now in Zanzibar with her chosen family and having a wonderful time. So we hear um, and wasn't able to make it uh, to our meeting, but we're definitely going to presence her uh, when we share about what's upcoming. And when we send out this recording, we're also going to be sharing a recording that she made uh, for you. So um, this feels like an incredible milestone for me and a really big turning point. Embodied Astrology is going to be 10 years old in 2024. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. It started in 2014 as a total curiosity project for me. Um, I'm a second generation astrologer. My mother was an astrologer and also a somatic therapist and practitioner. So I really grew up with this language. Um, in my late teens and early 20s, I became obsessed in my own right. A lot of my childhood, I was like, ugh, mom, ugh, you know, she was like, you're like that way because of your moon sign. And I was like, uh, whatever. But then, uh, you know, life happened. And I was like, why are people, why are people, you know, like, why are people peopling? I was in a confusing relationship, as I'm sure other people have had that experience, you know, and you turn to astrology and then it's like, oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> there's some of the confusion. And I felt so supported in that experience um, that it totally drew me in. And at that time in my life, I was uh, very deeply diving into studies in mysticism and uh, esoterics and somatic healing uh, through the lineages of Ayurveda and yoga and Vedanta. Um, which of course are completely braided with astrology. Astrology has been a big part of many elemental medicine practices. Um, so about 10 years after that, I started EA uh, totally as a curiosity project. Just how do these things come together? Can I play with them? Um, the podcast started just as a like, okay, this is fun. I'm going to put something out like my, you know, group of, four friends or something are going to listen to it. That'll be that. And 10 years later, here we are. Um, this project has really changed me. Um, it has brought so much uh, abundance into my life in so many ways. Working with astrology, especially working with astrology as an embodied practice, has been enormously healing for me uh, personally in my own, you know, traumas and upsets and flailing and failing, you know, in the human experience. Uh, astrology just continues to be such a, a support space for me. Um, and a, a couple of years ago, um, in 2020, at the beginning of the pandemic and everything that happened in that year, EA was already starting to um, branch out virtually. And it it was really intuitive for me at that point to start inviting other facilitators to do guest workshops. Um, and my instinct has always been to look for the application and synthesis of astrology. Where does astrology come in with other things? Uh, as a somatics practitioner and an artist and a writer and a 
theater nerd, you know, Astro fits in perfectly with all of those things. It really made sense to me to apply it there. Um, I'm very interested in uh, alternative healing. And so a lot of my first guests were people who were thinking about uh, multi-dimensional pathways into healing. Um, I feel myself committed and uh, learning in realms of world making and activism uh, and social and environmental justice. And a lot of my guests are people or were and are people who are really grounded in those worlds and leaders there. Um, there have been artists and educators and uh, social movers of all kinds that have been guests at EA. Um, and four of those people uh, are joining me now for a new iteration and a new experiment. Um, and for me, this is something that has been known internally for the last couple of years, but also something that I've been trying to figure out how to do. And I do think that this is very much uh, aligned with what's happening currently in astrology, especially in the next year, two, three years, which is a need to decentralize power and share leadership. Um, we are moving I, I mean, I believe we've already moved uh, out of an age of hierarchical leadership. Um, it is really not helpful to have top-down power models anymore. Um, it has felt like a, a puzzle to me to figure out how to move from a model that was a really a creative baby of mine, of something that I was just working on, and it was like my space of exploration um, how to turn that into actually a creative project that was more about community building. Um, so at the end of last year, Alicia came on as our community coordinator. And over the last uh, 12 months, she has been uh, working really closely with me and with the Embodied Astrology community. We've been building out uh, virtual communal spaces, um, experimenting with tech platforms that sometimes meet our needs and sometimes don't trying to figure out how to organize in um, cyberspace and also in our real lives. And we've been in a process of uh, really thinking and feeling into how do we co-create uh, something here. And so um, our, our, our team, uh, Gabs, Sherry, Janata, Ramon, um, We've all been facilitating at EA now for a couple of years um, and building relationships and uh, creating crossover in our conversation. And I was so honored and excited that these folks all accepted the invitation uh, to come in as co-creators um, in the next chapter of what Embodied Astrology is going to be. And so over the last couple of months, we've been in a very emergent process around um, envisioning and, and dreaming, what does a program look like that is an emergent, experiential, embodied astrology program that can branch into many different areas of life and that will support our facilitators to deepen their own research and synthesis uh, we invited folks to come in with uh, thesis questions, basically, or research directions, and to really bring their talents, skills, 
uh, what they've been cultivating in their own interests to the realms of astrology um, and to help us expand what astrology can be. Um, so we're really excited to kind of have, you know, our version of a think tank of, or, or something like that, an emergent space where astrology gets to provide a container, but a lot can get included um, and uh, played with here. And a really big priority for us is also to have um, uh, co-leadership with our participants and to create space where we're all working together to evolve and update the language of astrology. Astrology, like any philosophy or religion, as you know, some people feel it, a spiritual practice, like any language, um, it needs to evolve. It has to meet the times and the people who are using it. Um, most of us are practitioners of tropical astrology or Western astrology, which has developed uh, in the same routes as the Western world. And so it has been very informed by colonial mindsets, um, by Christian and, and Catholic um, perspectives, by empire and imperialism, by uh, male supremacy and white supremacy, Eurocentric uh, kind of priorities um, and capitalism. And we're all interested in updating the language and approaching it with critical analysis, uh, allowing symbolism to expand, to unfold, to break forms, um, researching more deeply into the origin of these myths and symbols, reclaiming and reacquainting ourselves with uh, symbolic, mythic cosmologies and histories and lineages that may have been appropriated, erased, or forgotten in the development of tropical astrology. We're interested in crossover with other astrological forms. None of us are fundamentalists. We're all like, this is a symbolic language. This is an entry point uh, to meeting one another in the realms of archetype and intuition. Um, and so right now we are in an emergent space and we're planning a program that's going to start with the astrological new year in 2024. Uh, so March, April time with the uh, Aries season or vernal equinox around there. Um, and we're not working with the calendar year. Uh, so there's no rush to like start at the beginning of 2024. Uh, we're looking at the next couple of months of allowing our program to continue to build. And in the open house, we're um, wanting to share with you all some of our ideas. And we're also really wanting to invite folks in with questions, with passions, with longings. Um, we're interested in how you are uh, wanting to use and be with and uh, be shaped by astrology. We're interested in what you're interested in when it comes to community spaces that are doing this kind of multidimensional work. Um, and this is all very much aligned with the astrology of 2024. And uh, I've been meditating with this astrology for the last two weeks as I've been starting to uh, record and prepare my 2024 year ahead readings. And this has been a year that I've been looking at for the last several years. And I've had conversations with everybody on this team about it, where we're all looking ahead at the ephemeris and we're like, whoa, bro, 
what's coming. <laughs> like this is a big shift. Um, in 2025, all the outer planets are going to change signs. Uh, we are looking at a coordination of outer planet energies in the air and fire elements. Um, there's a lot of symbolism here that could go in so many different directions, and it will, because that's what human consciousness does. Um, there are going to be opportunities for incredible revolution, uprising, evolution, and innovation. There will also be opportunities to experience the uh, technological control mechanisms of uh, world powers. <laughs> uh, there will be opportunities to experience uh, fascism and fundamentalism even more. <laughs> um, and there are gonna be opportunities to experience what we can learn in times of extreme um, provocation of survival needs and how I think many of us orient towards survival is actually not what the dominant paradigm would have us believe, that it's all about self-preservation and fighting each other. I think a lot of people really orient towards survival through allyship and alliance building and community work and creating spaces where there can be decentralized power and creative collaboration and many perspectives uh, leading. And that is definitely what we are committed to and curious about and wanting to bring astrology into the conversation with. So I think I'll pause there unless Alicia has more prompts for me and, and I'll turn it back to you. That's great. Thank you very much. I would love to hear um, from each of you what the coming astrology has been bringing up for each of you individually as you're thinking about your offerings and thinking about the coming years. Ramon, out of our group, you usually go first. I'm seeing you. Yeah. Do you want to do it? <laughs> All right. Hi, everyone. I think my starting point um, for these coming years and one of my starting points in the study and work with astrology is, is really around the outer planets. Um, uh, in my own chart, I've got a Neptune conjunct sun and a Uranus conjunct moon and a North node pretty close to Pluto. And so I, I think I experienced the energy of the outer planets, um, in a way that's almost like, um, yeah, I almost, I almost have to remember the inner planets. Like, I, I think I tend to live a lot of my life and my mind in sort of like the collective big sort of, you know, sort of typical Sagittarian big picture stuff. Um, so that's, that's what I've been tracking over the years. Um, I think I really started to track when Uranus entered Aries in 2011 and it stationed direct. And when it stationed direct the very night, that's when Fukushima happened. And after that, I was like, wow, I think this actually maps something. Um, and, and not only do I think that the movements of the outer planets and astrology in general map something, but I think what I'm, I'm really interested in is proactively working with and like using the, the changes as moments to initiate certain types of activities. So the phrase that came to me last night is, you know, I'm thinking of astrology as a calendar for coordinated 
simultaneous dispersed interpretive creative acts. And that's a mouthful, but basically it's saying like when certain alignments happen, like get with your people and like check the theme out and then do something with it. And, and that, that could look a lot of different ways. That could be interpreted a lot of different ways. But I, I'm really thinking about astrology as a calendar for us to, to initiate certain types of activity. Um, so that'll make more sense in a second. Um, am I going in the right direction here? Should I keep going and kind of spell out where I, I want to go this, this next? Okay. Okay. So initially I was asked to kind of investigate questions around social justice, liberation, equity, and the the take that I'm I'm the way that I'm moving into that is going to be kind of uh, unique and a lot of the kind of typical ways and categories and that we're looking at I'm I'm sort of going in different directions. So here are some of the key um, themes that I'm working with with a somewhat somewhat of a consciousness of social justice and, and and liberation. I'm generally curious and I think this is shared by many in the group about futures with the outer planets we can see certain thematic energies that are arranging themselves in in the future right we can look to the future with astrology and we can see uh, like thematic arrangements of energy so i'm generally interested in futures um and then specifically i want to explore um new technologies artificial intelligence transhumanism and like how do we look at those from the the angle and the language of historical people's liberation movements you know um what what does it mean that people are developing the capacity to reshape the human genome what does it mean that tesla's testing Neuralink right now you know what does it mean that like people are spending billions of dollars to try to create machines that can outthink us and like who's who's got the grips on those kinds of powers and how do we kind of with the same consciousness organizing tools and probably some new organizing tools of historical people's liberation movements. How are we going to encounter these new technologies, this whole new layer of, you know, the 21st century? Um, so one of the first events we want to do with that is just a, a kind of simple podcast with uh, Michelle Gabriel off Paris. She was on camera a second ago, and we've collaborated a number of times in, in uh, embodied astrology. And also one of our, our, um, colleagues in Denver, Colorado, Adrian Molina or Molina Speaks. He's a musician, poet, storyteller, rapper, and he had a he had a created a beautiful document in 2011 called Build 2020. You can look it up on Spotify. Um, and it's examining a lot of these same questions around new technologies, corporate control, and corporate productions of future. So that's happening January 20th or 21st. That is for the the ingress of Pluto into into Aquarius. And I think we've already been seeing, like, we've already been seeing that energy show up in the world. A lot of the folks from Google and other folks are starting to say, actually, what are we doing? Like, what kind of thing are we creating? And they're starting to have their, their an itchy conscience about it. So anyway, that's January 20, 20th or 21st, date potentially subject to change. Um, the next thing is uh, approximately April 18th through the 21st, and that is the Uranus and Jupiter conjunction in Taurus Tropical. And something else we've been working with for uh, a couple of years, we worked with us on the Neptune-Jupiter conjunction in 2022, as we're creating like a festival for that conjunction. 
And that festival is going to take place in physical space at Naropa University. I see some uh, students and graduates of Naropa University on the line. What's up, y'all? Um, that's going to take place at Naropa University in the physical, and it's also going to have an online component through embodied astrology. Um, and that's going to be kind of through working with astrology and also kind of lens of Afrofuturism and ancestral futurism. Uh, our working title is the Electric Black Earth Festival, and that's kind of working with Taurus, Jupiter, blah, blah, blah. And, and part of our vision there is like, you know, how do we reclaim this notion of futures from from big corporates who are saying, ah, we got to go to Mars and all that kind of stuff. How do we have futures that are embodied, futures that um, that work with our ancestral wisdom, futures that don't lose the intelligence that we've gained from the various people's movements for the last few hundred years, you know, and futures that are coming from um, not an exclusively Eurocentric background and, and way of seeing things. So that's April uh, 18th through the 21st. There'll be real on the ground stuff and there'll be sort of like these dispersed art prompts and other things that will be happening through EA um, online. Um, another one is uh, October 24th, 25th. I haven't landed exactly on the day. This is a project that we're all kind of gonna be working on in, in a certain way. Um, or at least it's a conversation that we hope to sort of have together and then see if a, the, if a project develops out of it. Um, astrological strategic visioning. We, we like have this idea of, of creating some type of document that, that looks at a lot of major astrological transits between now and in like 2050 say, okay? Next 25 years, what are the major transits happening and how might we kind of use those in relationship to liberation movements, right? So if we've got, um, like right now, the transit that's coming up in the fall, or excuse me, in the springtime happening in Taurus, what I get to thinking about there is food justice, food sovereignty. You know, you've got Jupiter and Uranus and Taurus, <clears throat> excuse me, should be turning our, our attention towards things of the earth. And so like looking at those transits for the next 25 years and trying to create a sort of you know, iterative guide or, uh, I don't know, like informational prompts for people who are involved in social movements. Like, you know, look, looking back at 2020 and the, the outer planet transits that happened there. I mean, like, if you need any other kind of proof that something's going on, like look at 2020. And if, and if that's any indicator of how the collective's moving, we should actually have a, a, a a dispersed knowledge of the major transits that are going to be happening in the next 25 years. So that's a project that we're all going to start this year. I, we're, I'm inviting, we're inviting each other to start. I don't want to speak for y'all. Um, so that's like August 24th, 25th. And that's with the gym, uh, the um, Jupiter and Saturn square Gemini. I'm going to kind of initiate that conversation there. And then October 24th through the 27th, it's not necessarily aligned up with any major transits, but um, Renee, Michelle again, and myself will be hosting another in-person on the ground embodied astrology retreat. And that's gonna be also in Colorado at the Eco Dharma Retreat Center. Um, they'll have, their website will have, will start to publish um, information about that retreat in after January 1st. So look for that, um, you know, we'll kind of dual promote it 
here on Embodied Astrology and also in the Ecodharma retreat space. Um, just to say too, Ecodharma is, um, they're sort of like a, um, a Zen community that is really looking at how to apply some of the teachings and methods of Zen, particularly folks like Bernie Glassman's like Zen Peacemaker Order and sort of more of an activist-based Zen to um, questions of, 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 of sustainability and environmental justice. So anyway, that's kind of how they hold it. And the retreat that we're gonna have is gonna be a sort of fundamentals, I think, in embodied astrology, but also how do we take some of what we're learning about our charts and this historical moment and apply it to try to like change agents, if you wanna say. So um, yeah, it, I think people with any level of astrological knowledge will, will benefit from it, um, but it's sort of like a foundational deal. That is uh, October 24th through 27th. And then the last thing or last kind of two-ish things, we'll do another podcast on November 23rd or 24th as Pluto re-enters. It's going to retrograde back into Capricorn and re-enter Aquarius. And that's going to continue on this theme of uh, AI, artificial intelligence, transhumanism. And we also want to throw in some questions about psychedelics and the resurgence in Colorado. Um, there's a wide range of what we're calling psychedelics that are now um, legal for personal consumption and also for um, medical and therapeutic usage. And, you know, there's a push for similar types of uh, legalizations to happen around the country. So, you know, I, I, I'm like, wow, like we got VR helmets and psychedelics about to just spray on us as a society. I think we should talk about that. So we'll do another podcast there. Um, details to come. And, and then the final thing of conflict transformation, haven't quite picked the dates there, but um, I am really curious about the potential of astrology to constellate conflicts, right? It's like, it's a complex system. It's not a binary system. It's not saying you're right, you're wrong. It's like, you have a set of relationships, you have an organization and there are these conflicts that break out. How could we use, let's say, if you if you had an organization, how could we use the birth chart of an organization as a map for some potential embedded conflicts? How could we look at the like different parties who are involved in their birth charts in relationship to one another? How do we take a problem and three dimensionally sort of put it out there as a as a um, as a kind of uh, birth chart or birth moment? You know, who's the Saturn in the problem? Who's holding the, the the structures and the rules? Who's the unpredictable Uranus in the problem? Uh, where's the initiative and the, the action in the problem? Where's the Mars at, right? And where what are those energies in relationship to one another? Um, this is all work in progress, but just to give you all an overview sketch, and I think I will stop there unless there's any questions. Gabs, I would love to... Um to ask you the same. I know there are so many exciting things that you've been thinking into for, for next year. And uh, I think people would love to hear them all. Thank you, Alicia. Um, yeah, I think a lot. So <laughs> I've been thinking a lot and many different things. Um, I think it's my son, Mercury, conjunct in Gemini in the third house. Um, I think one of the first things that I'm interested is um, as Ramon and I feel that pretty much 
everyone that is tuned into the transit is the transit of Pluto in Aquarius and how this is affecting us collectively, especially in new technologies. Um, I'm also an art, a visual artist and photographer. And this year I started this research on artificial intelligence around gender dissidences. So I work a lot with trans uh, and gender non-conforming people. And I have a photography project where I interview and photograph um, trans folks. So I started this other project um, kind of like trying to investigate what AI understands of like transgender, the wording um, and how this is shaping, assuming that this is this is what is stored in the collective unconscious. But also after some time, I started using AI for other reasons. Um, and I'm taking um, artist residency this next year in Sao Paulo. I'm from Brazil and in the very south of Brazil. So I'm going to Sao Paulo this year um, for this artist residency there. Um, and I'll be investigating a project that I feel is something that I want to share um, at Embodied Astrology. Like I want to link the, the two things that I'm doing with astrology and this artistic research. Um, that is pretty much, it's very complex for me to explain, but um, I'm wondering like um, through this lens of like, gender i started questioning like the fiction about what is reality um thinking about like you know like how baby showers um are revealing the expectations that are falling on a child even before they are born um and these discussions with ai um what makes us human the age of disinformation fake news um and all of this relationship with archival photography. So I started questioning like the limits of post-truth, what is true. I have, I'm gonna read some keywords and phrases because I have to take notes of them. Otherwise I just, I lose them <laughs> in my mind. So I just wanna say that this is very linked to some things that I'm living today, which is also um feeling that we are so rushed and that we need to have to like expand time so queer timing and i can explain this a bit later um what is real post-truth set a container around time the past is ongoing and the future is now what happens when we are witnessed by something what happens when something is witnessed time traveling the dissolving of self Photography as a way of questioning realities, daydreaming, micro movements, space to be, dream lab, in slash sanity, co-created experiences, what is time, the water is about to break, the last breath before birth, turning into a self. But how can we think about the op opposite of this, self-dissolving as a way of turning into a self? Labor already started, dilatation is happening, before crowning, push away and reach for, it is okay to move to a new thing. Birth as trauma, 
um, how the self have been constructed in a modern society, a goal of not conclusion, time traveling together, merging shift shifter, transness across time. Other words, words are possible, they have existed and do exist. Fluidity, counterproductive time. Anyway, the list goes on and on, um, and I can share somewhere this list. Um, but I feel the main themes that I'm working are like time um, and time traveling, post-truth and reality, collective futurism and the solving of self, hospicing modernity, daydreaming, memory, identity, and contradiction. Um, and the, the piece of contradiction is something that I feel it relates a lot to my chart. I have many oppositions, including a Neptune moon opposition. Um, that made me feel through my life that I always had to choose between one or another. And as a good Gemini, I've been realizing that I can actually hold both and more. So this is kind of like what I'm trying to do this year, um, um, create something together. There is this thing about photography too that we are in this, as Precia, Paul B. Preciado says, like the cyber surveillance era, where we are self um, serve. I don't know the name, the word for this in English, but we are the the surveillance is like us applying to ourselves. So we have our phones always with us, um, and we are releasing this data for this. Who knows what, you know? Um, and I'm like, how can I talk about like hospicing modernity and like building a new future and criticizing this and at the same time was using all of this technology, using a camera. Um, and I feel this is kind of like the contradiction too that I wanna hold. This year I offered a workshop that was about self-portraiture and I'm seeing some people that took this workshop. Um, self-portraiture using the the angles of a birth chart, so the AC, the Ascendant, Descendant, um, Iman Kuali, and Midhaven. And it was really fun. It was like really, really, really fun. And I wanted to offer something that could use photography but I wanted to co-create together because I've been feeling more and more that I I just want to gather and and you know like listen to other people and really I think that the piece of time is very important to me I don't know at the same time that I think about future the future doesn't exist the only thing that exists is now so it's kind of like this thing that I'm that I want to create a container for and so during this workshop one of the people that were there created the self-portrait that I that has stayed with me in my heart and in my mind that was like a self-portrait as the um, the clock on the bed table and it was a video like a um, time lapse and it was so beautiful and they invited this question of the witnessing of like how non-human objects um, and things witness us. And 
I feel this is something that I also want to work this year. Anyway, and I'm interested also, something that caught my attention is that we are entering this year, um, you know, not the astrological calendar, but we are entering this year with the Mercury stationing direct at 22 Sag. And Mercury will be, I think, at 18 or 19 degrees Sag at the beginning of 2025. Um, and although, you know, time is a creation, so we are just celebrating something that someone said, this is the beginning of a new year. I also feel there's lots of potential to this because so many minds are tuned and thinking about like the future together and like setting intentions for the future. And I've been wondering what, you know, like this degree means. And I feel like that beginning and ending the year with all of the transitions that are happening and kind of like with Mercury almost at the same place feels like suspending the time. It's like we are living a whole instant in a whole year. Um, and when I was reading about um the Sabian symbol for Sagittarius the 22 degree it's the ter 23rd degree the keynote is consciously accepting the ways of a new stage of experience in readiness for the opportunities it will present um and it talks about that we find ourselves in a period of transition and in the inside degree there is like the mentioning of like innovative paths, cellular awakening, needing to know just how it feels at the micro levels. Um, and I talked a lot and I, <laughs> and I'm coming to like, I think probably the most important piece of like, why am I thinking about all of this, which is the Neptune transit through the anorectic degree of Pisces, which is the last degree of Pisces. So Neptune is going to stay there for, I think, five months during 2024. Um, and since I'm reading the Sabian symbol, just going to grab here. So Dane Goodyear says that Pisces 30 degrees is a majestic rock formation resembling a face idealized by a boy who takes it as his ideal of greatness. And as he grows up, begins to look like it. Um, so it's about starting a new universe, uh, the latent power in all the seeds, so the power to produce and guide the growth, the capacity of self-transformation. Um, and we are discussing a lot in our meetings together um, about this dissolving of self and one of the things that I read from my keywords and phrases was like how can we think about the opposite of turning into a self like using the self dissolving as a way of turning into a self anyway I've I really want to work with all of these energies and I have some dates that may change but for now, um, I will start this conversation in May, at the beginning of May, May 4, because on May 2nd, Pluto goes retrograde. 
And then we'll have some gatherings on July, September, October, and November. And I feel like we'll really use images and photography, but also like writing. At the end, I really want us to build a collective zine together. Um, and I'm very excited for this. Uh, I feel this was something that I wanted to have done in my last workshop because we had such amazing, not only images, but like people are like really, like really attuned to their discoveries and like reading images and imagining the birth chart. Um, so yeah. <laughs> there's a lot thank you Gabs and yeah if anyone hasn't checked out that series I learned so much about myself through the cardinal angles it was incredible I just want to reply to the I can expand more on queer time I feel like Sherry should um, talk a bit about um, about your offering and then if we have more, we have more time. I will expand more. Otherwise, um, I think it is because I, as a Gemini, I I go and I go and I talk a lot, and I feel sometimes Renee can filter a bit more. Um, and I feel that Renee was the one that came up with the term queer time. So I'm also happy if Renee can want to explain more about this later. I don't think I came up with that term because I know I've heard it and I feel like any queer person. And when I say that, like, welcome to queer, to queerness, I don't know how people are defining that these days, but I think that to queer something is to melt its form and let it be organic and natural and multiplicitous and multidimensional and sometimes contradictory. And um, Gabs and I had a really stimulating meeting uh, this past week. Yes, all queers kind of instinctively know what queer time is. I think because queering something is pushing back on the conceptually imposed limits that human beings have come up with. And human beings have come up with all kinds of limits for our experiences. Uh, limits on gender, sexuality, love, limits on time. And as we do the work in our own cohort of breaking away from cal calendar time, from the Gregorian calendar time, like we are also in it, you know, like we, I, I'll speak for myself. I had like a whole anxiety moment that I, I pulled Alicia into, right? And I was like, oh my God, it's the end of 2023. Like we have to let people know what's going on for next year. But then everybody's retrograde, nobody's ready. Uh, we're very much in an emergent process. And then I was like, oh, LOL, we're not working on astral time. Like we're not on planetary time, but we are astral travelers and planetary devotees. So of course nobody is ready. And Gabs and I had a conversation uh, this past week with a, a, a new friend um, that we're really excited to bring into the EA space for a conversation at some point over the year who studies time and who studies the way that time has been mapped and encapsulated and thought of um, in many different 
cultures, paradigms, and planetarily, um, there are so many ways to map time. In Western culture, we map time on the Gregorian calendar. Um, there's timing that can be mapped to the sun, timing that can be mapped to the moon, timing that can be mapped to Venus and Mercury and Mars and Jupiter and the visible planets, timing that can be mapped to cycles of growth. Um, and when we're thinking about querying time, I think one of the things that we're thinking of is expanding time and also collapsing time. Um, and Gabs was mentioning these two different outer planet cycles, Pluto and Neptune, over the course of 2024, are hanging out at the last degrees of their signs, the 29th degree or 30th degree, depending on how you count, <laughs> which can also be queered. Um, but it's called the anoretic degree. And a lot of their keywords were in this in-between space. I, I think probably folks heard it, like this morphing, mutating uh, space that especially as we push into 2025, um, that last degree uh, between Pisces and Aries is getting real stimulated. And there are new concepts of selfhood and individuality emerging in collective consciousness and in societal consciousness right now. And I think a lot of those concepts will be very influenced by time. Ancestral time, ancestral future time, life cycle time, time of the era, um, so yeah, I would, I can, I also have multiple Gemini Sagittarius placements and will talk for two hours about queering time. So I'll just leave it there and pass it on to Sherry. Cause I think Sherry's going to pick up these themes too. Hello. So as I'm sitting here, I just think <laughs> I'm so excited. The, every time we meet, there's like a series of synchronicities and I'm just like, Sometimes I feel like I'm watching something constellate and it makes me so excited. Um, we really wanted to create an emergent space. So um, I have my notes here, <clears throat> but I want to read you my keywords first because Gavs and I got together one day and just like keyworded out. Um, my keywords are dissolve, decay, dissipate, disperse, Collapse, commune, conjoin, chaos, creation, alchemy, deluge, nurture, crone, primordial, ripening, deep time, big history, kenosis, gnosis, dreams, prophecy, solitude, grandmother, cynics, bone mother. And then some of the themes that I have that have been bubbling up. I don't even want to say I've been thinking because I, in the process of creating this, I just got to tell y'all, I've been revisited by dreams that I've had like years ago. And again, just these little synchronicities that m make it feel like um, I just get to be uh, a host for whatever wants to happen. Um, and that maybe that's a segue into that's really the approach that I, I want to hold this year um, is one of being a host, providing enough invisible structure so that the collective um, 
that gathers the third entity that gets created whenever a group gets together can just have space to move as it sees fit. And with that said, we're not done with Saturn. I'm not done with Saturn. Saturn's not done with me. Saturn's not done with us. Saturn is still in Pisces. And so I recently left a message uh, for Renee. I was like, I feel like Saturn is asking <laughs> us to prepare our vessels. And that led me to really like, again, this idea of time and the future and really querying that, but also realizing that queer time is the time of the universe because the universe is change. The universe is process. Consciousness is process. I am consciousness. The self is something greater than any of us can actually fathom. And we make up these stories, right? So having said that, my offering has gone through several transitions. I would like, one day, I'll maybe I'll post this, but it involves, of course, this is the Virgo in me, a braided calendar involving teddy bear emojis and all kinds of things. Um, maybe I'll, I'm, I'm gonna keep artifacts of my process, I think. But I actually wanted to start this by really acknowledging the lineages um, of my teachers uh, in no particular order, Jessica Murray, Juanita Benedicto, Jessica DeRuza, Diana Rose, Bear River, Richard Tarnas, Ray Sapp, Austin Coppock, Renee Sills, and you know, the, the community at EA, I feel like I learned so much by following conversations, by kind of really thinking, coming to the tea times. Um, it's really kind of expanded and transformed my own way of understanding, you know, kind of again, where I see myself as an astrologer. And I think, again, all of us are astrologers. And I, before I kind of really get into what I'm hoping to do, I want to situate myself. So I spent a lot of years doing a lot of formalized education. And I got really clear a number of years ago that I'm absolutely not interested in that anymore. <laughs> I'm a mystic. I'm a contemplative. I want to learn via direct knowledge. And it's not that I don't appreciate, right, tradition. I do, you know, we all got a Saturn. I, I appreciate tradition. I appreciate appreciate um, lineage in that way. And as I think part of what everyone has been saying, like, we evolve astrology, right? And so a quote from Claire Martin, and it, it kind of started me on something, and it's in from the book, it's called Mapping the Psyche. Claire writes, it is some, sometimes said that the planets have stopped speaking to us because we have stopped listening to them. And so my invitation is last year, Saturn in Pisces, it was so much information. It was a lot of breadth, right? This year, Saturn, is telling me to go deeper. So this year is going to be depth-oriented practice with Saturn within the container of the Saturn retrograde cycle. So it's going to really expand 
for the entire astrological year, but be grouped more or less in sort of three, um, you can call them, I'm referring to them as devotional periods, um, because again, I have learned a lot from astromancers, astro, you know, astrological magicians, um, and it is about developing a very personal relationship, right? To really see the face of Saturn, you know, that you're working with. Because um, that's the other thing, right? We talk about archetypes, as Renee was saying, the archetypes that we have for understanding any of the planets have evolved under patriarchy, colonial, you know what I mean? So that's, that's, and we, you know, it's up to us to break them free, actually, right? They need us to break them free. And that is at the heart of a participatory universe, right? Um, so, so yes, so it's gonna launch, fingers crossed, um, March the 23rd, when Saturn um, enters the pre-retrograde shadow at 12 degrees of Pisces. And here's the other thread, and here's why, here's why. Because the other thread that I, I got really kind of um, entranced by, especially with this idea of futures, is, you know, spooky action at a distance, quantum entanglement. All of this is with an eye to August the 20, August the 20th, 2025, when there is going to be what's called a talent triangle between Neptune and Saturn are going to be conjunct and Uranus and Pluto are going to be sextile Neptune and Saturn and trine each other. That is a major moment, I feel, for something to come in to existence, you know? Neptune in Pisces is the ultimate generative energy. Saturn, the meeting of spirit and matter, energized by the electricity and innovation of Uranus and the transformative power of Pluto. Catch it while you can, is what I'm saying. But we gotta, but you can't, you know, that's a lot of energy. <laughs> So, and Saturn as a rep representation of material reality, our physical bodies, our, you know, our ego, quote, really like how can we engage in a practice that is so personal and granular? So this is it, right? So this is, you know, I'm where it's a grand experiment in quantum entanglement with that moment in time right? How what we're doing right now can actually shape what will occur, what's possible, not for us, but also those are all, right, the outer planets, like that's the collective. And it feels like a, it's just an experiment. I don't know, but it's coming to me like that. So spooky, spooky action at a distance, quantum entanglement, so yes, so it's it's going to talk. We're gonna have a period through each each devotional period is going to be broken up into reflection, which is a real deepening into you, 
what what do you have you know like what's going on with you and saturn what's going on you know in pisces you know and just kind of really cultivating that coming up with a question um in allyship sometimes you create a petition to a planetary body you know um to ask you like how do for me like themes have been coming up about how do i mature my capacity to offer care to myself and to other people saturn Saturn can help with that, right? You know, themes of vulnerability, compassion, belonging, wisdom, right? We all have the capacity to be wise, right? That has, it has nothing to do with age. So some of the things we're going to explore, uh, well, wait, no. So there will be a reflective period. Then there's going to be a curated um, experience of release. And I've thought about everything from inviting friends in to offer, you know, sound baths, um, writing, deep listening, just let's, let's get in, let's get in there. Right. And start to release. Right. And that's the process of kenosis, a kind of self emptying. And that is timed with the balsamic moon, which is not the new moon, but the dark moon the fertile moon, the moon where the seed is in the dark, right? In the earth, doing its thing, incubating, having its own conversation with the soil. Um, so there'll be reflection, release, and then rest. Then we're gonna rest. And th those are going to be moments of communion, right? Um, again, uh, some of them, and it'll just be like, I've thought about everything and we talked to um, Renee, like maybe it'll be a community meal where we just come and eat together. Sometimes maybe it'll be a movie night. I have a lot of movies that I could show, you know, about the, the planets actually. Um, and just to have those conversations to really start to build some uh, connective, build the connective tissue, right? of the larger body. Um, okay, so rest, I mean, reflection, release and rest. And each, each period is just gonna proceed just like that until, you know, so from March to March, March, 2024 to March, 2025, um, explore alchemical process, archetypes, deep time, um, I, have invited some folks, um, ast astronomers, right? Who think about deep time and think about the space-time continuum, you know, and, and really sort of like to plant us more firmly in the universe, right? You know, it's the, this cosmic clock that we're all kind of a part of. Um, what is it like the whole uh, the whole of everything anyone knows about human history if it was put in a year is the last 10 seconds of december the 31st right that's all of human history the cosmos is so much bigger and i just wonder what happens when we orient to to understanding ourselves in that way in time across time right um and you know also, I've been studying things about paradigm shifts, right? And the fact that it's it's less about figuring out the future versus discovering the future, right? It's already here. It's already here, right? 
Um, and then, uh, then finally, you know, again, from the perspective of deep time and cosmology, uh, looking at what are from astrophysicists and, and whatnot, um, the cosmic powers of the universe, of which um, things like seamlessness, centration, my, a favorite of mine, allurement, right? Beauty is actually a cosmic power of the universe that attracts, right? Attracts communities together. We, you know, like, let's put it in perspective, right? That is the cosmos. Um, emergence, homeostasis, cataclysm, right? Cataclysm. You know, the universe has completely undone itself like five times. Why do we think that we, <laughs> why do we think it's going to be any different for us? You know, like, but how can we like be together in the midst of like cataclysmic changes and do it, you know, do so with grace and again, more care. Anyway, synergy, transmutation, trans formation, interrelatedness, and radiance. So we'll be exploring a lot within the alembic of Saturn's retrograde, but with an eye to a moment that hasn't happened yet, but that we, you know, are, are cultivating right now. So I'm hoping to see you all there. I could say more, but I'm going to be quiet because I too am a Mercury ruled person and can, can carry on. Um, but right now, the tentative uh, title for it is Solve et Coagula, which is Dissolve and Congeal. Oh, wait, I have to finish with a quote from somebody because I think it really sums up what I'm trying to say here. And this is from Jessica DeRuza. And Jessica writes, I guess the one last thing I want to say is the task of the role of humans right now in this cosmic love affair of Saturn and Neptune is finding ways for us to begin to align with spirit and matter coming together in their reunion. It's a love affair that transcends each one of our individual existences, and it's going to happen irrespective of whether we help it or not. So we can align ourselves in this teleological unfolding that the cosmos is going through and we can become the vessels of embodiment, of incarnating the divine through how we live moment to moment, and most importantly, in our relationships to one another, or we can remain unconscious and it will happen anyway. So, you know, thank you. I'm excited. Thank you, Sherry. <laughs> Sam says, wow, largest mic drop, indeed. I'll turn it over to Renee, not only to speak to their offerings, but also Janata's as Janata Petrus wasn't able to be here, but is very much a part of the team. Um, she's currently in Zanzibar in Africa, uh, but we'll be back soon. Um, so Renee, I'll, I'll let you speak to some of what Janata's thinking about as well. Thank you, Alicia. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you, Gabs. Thank you, Ramon. Thank you, Michelle. Nice to see you there. Um, as folks were talking, I was having a thought, which I have not had before is a new thought to me, but it seems kind of obvious now that it has occurred in my mind, um, which is that I think a lot of what we're doing here is creating a kind of contemporary mystery school. Um, there is a tradition of mystery schools all over the world. Um, affiliations, programs, ideas, processes to help us evolve 
um, and facilitate rites of passage. Uh, rites of passage processes are about going into the unknown and leaving behind what's familiar. And um, I have so much reverence and respect for my astrological teachers and for, for, the, for the teachers in the past and for the contemporary teachers. Um, and I really value what is being offered through programs like Kepler or Astrology University. Um, lots of astrologers uh, have programs that they're offering right now. But what I can say about the embodied astrology space is that we are not practicing fidelity to form. And that's actually our strength that, you know, we, we're devoted students and we will be bringing in technique and lineage and method. But more than that, what we're inviting is experiential, playful, transformative process with this work. Um, and in that way, it is a very queer space. And um, Sherry and I have had a lot of conversations about planetary devotional practices, planetary allyship. And in my practice, uh, over the course of, of my own evolution with it, I've gone from being a student that really wants to learn the math, the method, how is this working? Like, give me the give me the fundamental components and details of it um, to a practitioner that I could take it or leave it a lot of the time. I trust that the chart is a body and that it is a portal and actually that we are all deeply intuitive, psychic perhaps, and that astrology is one way that we can access that field and that that field is expansive. It doesn't actually... Uh, it's not contained in linear time. Um, and this, this lineage, this practice of astrology is as old as human civilization. And all of the ancestors of this work played with it. And part of the trauma, I think, of Western modernity is loss of playfulness and a real allegiance to, uh, like, authorship and knowing and answering, right? And having a kind of formalized way. And across the board, everybody at EA is not interested in investing more in that. Um, and I just feel really grateful to be held in a community of cosmonauts and, and embodied explorers. Um, and I'm really calling that in terms of who's going to participate with us, that that's, you know, we are inviting you to come in and feel with us and explore and imagine and let these practices stimulate you into your own transformation and meaning making. Um, and uh, I think that's a great segue to talk about Janata Petrus, who has studied astrology since she was a teenager. She's in her 40s now. Um, it has really shaped her perspective. Uh, she and I have had a lot of conversations about astrology and how it supported us, especially through our adolescence and young adulthoods. Um, some of you might be familiar with Junata's uh, book, The Stars and the Blackness Between Them. If anybody is looking for an amazing young adult fiction book, I highly recommend. Um, reading this book was super healing for my inner adolescent uh, self. Um, in, in what in so many of what the examples were that Janata brought forward in terms of liberated love 
uh, communal love, romantic love, friend love, family love. Um, and throughout that book, she weaves in astrology. And that was actually where we first connected. We found each other on the internet and we were like, you! And um, since then, our conversations have unfolded. So last year in 2023, Janata uh, facilitated a four-part series called Artistic Alchemy. Um, mutable, the, the mutable magic, the magic of the mutable signs for a soulful, creative, and satisfying artistic process in life, or something like that. It's a long, very mercurial title. And um, <laughs> um, so we met near the new moon in every mutable season. And Janata invited us into the mutable placements and the mutable intelligences in our chart. We got to be inspired by her playlists and her chart examples and the artists that she brought in to really consider how mutability can support us in our creative uh, world making and explorations and also practices. Um, I was so inspired uh, by those sessions with her. And I know a lot of people also were, um, they were very deep community spaces. I felt like they were big support spaces for a lot of us kind of working through our own, you know, creative process, which sometimes can be a block, sometimes can feel really overwhelming, sometimes can be isolating. Um, so that was a chance to really come together and share space in uh, very generative ways. So this year, um, we're really excited to be welcoming Janata back and Sherry's gonna be holding the dark moon and Janata's gonna be holding the full moon spaces. Um, and so somewhere around the full moon, Janata will be joining us. Um, and she is interested in bringing in uh, a couple different themes into her gatherings. And like all of us, uh, what, what's coming through her is emerging now. So we're very much in an in-process moment of presenting to you what, what we're going to be doing um, or the kind of directions we're headed. So uh, as of right now, what we know that Janata is really interested in working with is continuing creative support space. So you in your creative process and life are invited to bring your projects, your curiosities, your questions. And she wants to have support space for, for creatives, for creative making, but also for creative beingness. Um, Janelle's also uh, been talking a lot about bringing in astrology to support relationships and to be thinking about the different forms that relationships uh, take relationship to self, relationship to family, parent-child relationship, teacher-student relationship, and inside of love, um, and inside of queerness. Uh, how do we navigate relationship, monogamy, polyamory, asexuality, uh, multiamory? You know, there are so many different ways that people love and care for one another, and um, are responsible to each other and accountable to each other. Uh, and astrology is enormously supportive for relationship mapping. Um, and she's interested as well in exploring different ages. Um, and so using astrology to jump through time and uh, especially to be in conversation with our child selves, adolescent selves. She's been talking about rewilding as a, uh, practice and process. Um, 
and there may be more. <laughs> uh, we, uh, all of us are also in conversation with people outside of EA. So Sherry mentioned bringing in some astronomer guests. Um, I mentioned the potential guest Gabs and I might bring in the time researcher, uh, Janata has talked about guests that she's bringing in. Uh, Ramon and Michelle are gonna be working with Adrian. Um, so we're excited to be braiding and weaving together uh, inside of EA and outside of EA. Um, so when we share the recording for today, we'll also share a video that Janata shared with us um, and her uh, ideations at the moment. Um, and then hopefully we'll also be having another open house sometime in January. Um, right now, our idea is to have our launch and kind of registration open by the end of January and most of our programs beginning, most of the program beginning in March and April. Um, to clarify also, in case folks are wondering, we're really into options. If you, if you haven't already picked that up, <laughs> we're really into options. And so um, there are going to be options to drop into individual sessions uh, for a lot of us. Some of us are going to be grouping our sessions into different segments, like Sherry was talking about these different um, uh, kind of groupings of, I forget how you termed that in my mind right now, Sherry, but... Um, and there will also be an option for folks who really want to dive in with us to do the whole program. And the whole program um, will probably be something around twice a week offerings uh, once everything is, is collected. Um, somewhere between one, one and two times per week, multiple times a month that you can uh, yeah, navigate our course constellations. Um, we're all weaving with each other. So even though everybody has their own interests and uh, quite different offerings, we're definitely in conversation with each other and thinking about how does this create um, a coherent gestalt. Um, so with that, I'll talk a little bit about my direction this year. Um, I am really excited to be returning to body work and somatic practice as an emphasis. Um, I taught movement um, for for 20 years, almost 15 years, uh, facilitating what some people could call yoga. Sometimes I called it yoga. Sometimes I called it other things. Um, I worked a lot uh, in my training with accessibility and adaptable practices working with folks uh, coming from all different kinds of body experiences. My interest was how do we find uh, healing, liberation, and spiritual communion in our bodies, regardless of uh, their shape, their size, their momentary capabilities, et cetera. Uh, that work brought me into the realms of social justice. Um, doing work with, with many different bodies quickly uh, you know, provoked me to ask the questions of like, what are, what are other forms of access that people have? And what are the larger structures that are creating conditions uh, for bodies to be emerging and evolving inside of? And as a person who is deeply invested in my own path of liberation, I have to be invested in yours <laughs> and in ours. 
Um, and I think that this is kind of like the timeless uh, seeking that many of us feel ourselves invested in, that we are deeply desiring our own freedom and our own happiness and understanding that freedom and happiness for anyone is absolutely intertwined with freedom and happiness for all. And the uh, interrelationships and reciprocity that humans have with the more than human realm and our environmental components that are not separate from our bodies. Um, now, over the last 10 years building EA, my focus has been a lot on astrology and um, studying astrology, teaching astrology, mapping astrology. And in that time, I found myself getting more heady than I like to feel. <laughs> and um, last year, I started a new class uh, that in Pisces season of 2023 called Somatic Space. Some of you may have um, encountered that weekly class where my practice has been to explore astrology as a somatic score, which is something that I've thought a lot about as a concept, but to really kind of put that into practice, like how do we navigate astrology through movement, through visualization, through meditation, um, and how could I as a facilitator create a space where bodies are welcome, uh, regardless of their ability social location, physical location, et cetera. Uh, how do these practices translate across distance and difference? That's a question I'm still asking. Definitely not one that I have any kind of uh, solid answer for, but a real curiosity. So in 2024, I'm excited to continue with Somatic Space just as a weekly class. It's a drop-in class. Anybody can come anytime. If you sign up for the full program, you'll get access to that. I'll also be continuing Tea Time, which is a monthly gathering where we get together and just talk about astrology in the current moment. Um, in 2024, the space will change a little bit. Over the last few years, it has been a space where we've done chart work with the group and have invited folks to share their charts and kind of feel into what's happening for individuals. Uh, in 2024, we're going to shift a little bit and let it be a space where we can gather and explore collective astrology uh, more so than individual astrology. And it will be a, a kind of spill out for my monthly horoscope uh, spaces. And I'm just curious in astrological research, like, how is this feeling for you all? What are people noticing? And um, following the news, right, following our own personal lives, our relational experiences, astrology is working all the time. And tea time is a place where we get to share how it's working in our lives and explore how it um, might be described and worked with. Um, a couple years ago, I offered an intensive, uh, I believe in 2021, called Your Chart is a Body. And that was my first attempt at conveying astrology in the way that it makes sense to me. And how it makes sense to me is hard to articulate because I identify as a clairsentient intuitive. Um, and so folks might be familiar with the clairs, like clairaudience, clairvoyance. Um, these are psychic channels that everybody has. I believe that all beings are connected with each other on the Psychic Friends Network. Uh, whether our connection is stable or expansive, 
has a lot to do with, uh, I think, our innate beingness, our charts, but definitely with the ways that we've been raised and what we have been encouraged to know about ourselves. And we do not live in a world where intuition is thing is the thing that, uh, you know, dominant culture believes in. And we're certainly not encouraged to cultivate um, intuitive sensitivity with ourselves or with one another. Um, being raised by a somatic astrologer who was a therapist <laughs> uh, was such a gift. And I give thanks to my mother, Dee Moulton, and the work that she did as a human being and practitioner and parent um, to allow me to really develop my own intuitive uh, practices. And I've had many other teachers that have been part of, of that evolution for me. Um, but the way that I read charts is highly intuitive. And most of my chart readings, and that includes the horoscopes that I do, as well as private clients or when I work with groups, most of my chart readings, I don't actually start with the meaning making of astrology. I don't look at a chart and go, okay, who's the chart ruler? Where is it? What are the aspects? Go into essential dignity or anything like that, which is a lot of what you'll learn when you learn traditional astrology. That is not my approach or my practice. What occurs for me is bodily sensation. I look at a chart, I feel into the chart shape. The, the planets start to stimulate my body parts. I become overwhelmed by sensation and then I talk about the sensation. And I've experienced repeatedly and consistently that what I'm saying is resonating for people. And I often have no idea as I'm saying it what I'm talking about. I'm like, whoa, okay, this is what I'm feeling. I'm just going to give voice to it. And it's like, here you go. And then I hear people's stories. I hear what they're, what is being stimulated for them. I learned at the beginning of my client practice that if I spend time preparing before I go to meet a client and I get in my own head about, oh, this thing, oh, that thing, I'll start making up stories I'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, they did this and then they did that. And then this thing is happening. And then I'll meet them. And none of that is what's going on. My practice is about preparing my vessel. I study astrology every single day. I'm constantly reading about it. I'm learning techniques and methods. I really value them. But when I come to do the work of astrology, what is most impacting and important for me is presence and cultivating embodied presence is a practice. So your chart is a body it was my first attempt to, to teach this as an approach and as a method. And the challenge of it is that there is no formal meaning making that I'm doing. So I'm not interested in saying, oh, Mars is about anger. What I'm interested in is what does Mars stimulate as physiology? And when you feel into the archetypes of Mars and the many associations that you may have gathered from this symbol, what emerges for you from your own lived experience and biography in your social location and body, how do you get to experience Mars? 
how do you get to experience Venus? It's going to change for everybody, depending on who they are, what their body looks like, where they were raised, what the contexts are, what age they are, right? Who, the, who they're around in that given moment. So I'm really interested in the potentials of what happens when we learn new ways of communicating and expanding curiosity and perception. Uh, a very deep question for me as a human being is how do we expand our perceptual awareness? And when it comes to the human realms, uh, there is such deep lack of perceptual awareness so frequently. Um, and Ramon was talking about working with conflict mapping, which is something that I'm very interested in as well. Um, I experience consistently that astrology helps expand conflict in a productive, helpful, healing way. And what I mean by that is that conflict oftentimes collapses into polarized binaries. People are dug in with their heels on their stance, their point of view. They think they're right. They, they have their own experience and they are right about their own experience, right? But their own experience is a tiny drop in the ocean. And there's so much else that's happening. And when we have technologies and practices that allow us to extend our consciousness in different directions, then we can build context for what's happening. We can uh, come into different awareness of other, others' points of view and lived experiences. We can expand our own awareness about our own experience, which is often, you know, encapsulated in a particular moment or fixed identity. Um, there's so much creativity that then becomes possible in the space of differences. Uh, and that is something that I'm really curious about, really interested in and wanting to promote. So in 2024, um, I'll be continuing with your chart as a body. This is the first time since 2021 that I've picked that work up again uh, in a formal way. And I'll, I'll be inviting folks to work with your chart as a body. It's a standalone uh, offering at this point. It's a collection of videos, guided meditations, worksheets. Um, this year I'll be uh, expanding the, the worksheets and offering new content. Um, but really holding space for us to do the work of reading charts together and putting this into practice. Um, and so your chart as a body will be a monthly meeting space. There will be an asynchronous uh, virtual component to it. And this is where uh, we're gonna be doing a lot of the work of the kind of fundamentals of reading charts. I'm not gonna be working with specific transits this year. Um, in my own self, I'm not going out into like my own associations, like, wow, how are we going to work with Mars? How are we going to work with this? What I want to do is build a field where you all can do that together and where we can build new vocabulary, uh, and expand the symbolism that we're working with and together that we can also cultivate and elevate uh, in intuitive capacity, uh, build our clear sentience. So I'll be doing that weekly with somatic space. 
uh, monthly with your chart as a body and then in another form with tea time where we can come together uh, in, in conversation. Yeah, beyond that, I'm really excited, like so excited. It keeps me awake at night thinking about it <laughs> um, to be in person. Uh, this We've been virtual for years now and there've been a, like a couple of in-person moments. Um, in 2022, uh, we got to have a brief touch in with, with Ramon at Naropa for the um, uh, Jupiter-Neptune convergence. And this year, I'm excited to go back to Naropa, back to Boulder um, in April for uh, the Uranus-Jupiter convergence. I'm also excited to be collaborating with Ramon and Michelle in October at the Ecodharma uh, retreat. And Sherry and I have talked about co-facilitating uh, a retreat on the West Coast sometime in the summer or fall. Um, and I know how much happens in somatic space and in the workshops. Like we have really expansive transcendent experiences. People are elevated in their consciousness. It's like something happens in those spaces and we're just on Zoom. When we get in person, that is going to get the volume turned up so loud. Um, my favorite place to be is in workshop intensive retreat space with human bodies. The uh, frequency that we build together is profound. And when we get to do this work of attuning with big archetypal collective and planetary energies, so much gets channeled in. Um, and so I'm really excited to experience that more. And I'm also really excited to be in communal space with folks who I know, like I know a lot of the people who come to EA a little bit. Not a, I, a lot of you, I don't know a lot about you, but I know a little bit. And I know enough to know that the folks who are drawn to EA are coming with a lot of different kinds of skills and wisdoms and intelligences and talents. And when we get together, so much happens that is really deeply integrative and healing and uh, educational um, and yeah, I, I just um, am kind of like anticipating and waiting for those spaces because I am longing for them uh, so much in my own life. And the last thing I'll say is a quote that I uh, pulled out from James Burgess, um, who has done a really beautiful work on the Sabian symbols. And I believe that this was a quote for, and I could be wrong here, so I'm not entirely sure, but I believe that this was a quote for um, 10 degrees of Libra, which is one of the sites of eclipses in 2024. Um, knowledge is a living thing and all living things have investment in their future. Really loved that. Knowledge is a living thing and all living things have investment in their future. Um, I really feel myself uh, as a as a channel and conduit and deeply devoted servant uh, of universal force and planetary intelligence. 
Um, it is anything that I would ask for, everything that I would ask for to be uh, made an instrument for knowledge to continue to know itself. Um, and I think that's what we do with astrology. I think that's what we do with somatic practice. I think that's what we do with art and poetry and mysticism. And I think that's definitely what we do with activism and community work. So um, yeah, I'll pause there and just say that I'm really hopeful to be able to spend time with you all and to meet you and uh, share space virtually and in person. And um, I hope to, uh, you know, be offering things with embodied astrology that speak to you and to your interests and longings. Mm -hmm.